Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunch, Brian Christofferson. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Go ahead, Brunch. Go ahead. Oh, I just, I'm fine. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. How'd, how'd, this, how'd the golf and soup go yesterday? <laughs> there was no soup. Uh, oh. it, I, I shot an 89, though, and uh, I used to hang out regularly in the 80s with my golf game, but uh, I'd been playing around 100 of late, so that was a, a big breakthrough. I got the, uh, I got the putter going. How roll- did you throw the way up into the 100s? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I just was spraying the ball all over the place. Couldn't get my short game in order. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's was it, was it one of those rounds where you're kind of feeling it a little bit, and around like 15 or 16, you roll in a long par putt. And you gave a little fist pump. Um, I will say there was some controversy. You could say it was a 90 because I had two putts where you know how because of COVID-19, they have the little thing in the hole that it's like halfway up. And uh, we're at Benson Golf Course, and this is no complaint, but I felt like whatever they had there would kind of uh, rattle the ball around a little bit when it got in the hole. And uh, one of my putts uh, that looked dead center to me went out, uh, lipped out. I counted it as a miss. And then it happened again, and my dad said, you got that. That's a, that's a make on a, on a regular day. And so I, I took it because it was the second time it happened to me, and I just felt so wrong. And I actually did think it was a make on a normal – if the flag were out, so I counted it. So you can uh, put an asterisk by it if you want. That's a, very, uh, that's a very nice dad move for the Father's Day round to give the, yeah. give the putt. I, I'm curious, are, are either of you guys big uh, celebratory golfers? Like you, you hit a nice putt, you like you let it loose a little bit, or is it just a, you've been there, you've done that? I could see Brunt's just not reacting to anything. In fact, I could see him just not reacting to this question. I, I'm the Martin Timer <laughs> of, uh, of, of Muni Golf. I, I, nothing. Just uh, n- n- no, no emotion, no nothing. Like, Brent's yeah, could I'm go a... fire at 78, and you would think nothing of it because he wouldn't, A, tell you about it, B, wouldn't tell you that he played well, and C, wouldn't even really want to discuss it. it it's remarkable. He's just a real Iron Man when it comes to that. I think that's a good quality, though. Um, I, I get a little annoyed when you can hear it four holes over and you hear the yelling and everybody, you know. I, I hate that camaraderie and that – that fellowship of man you hear across the golf course. I want silence. <laughs> I guarantee you they got a Bluetooth speaker going and Brunts hates him for Oh, it. God. So triggered. <laughs> oh, yeah. So triggered. <laughs> All right. My, my like, blood pressure is rising just thinking about that. BC, how low did they have the, the little styrofoam thing sitting? Because part of it, when I've gone out, there's been some courses where it's barely an inch deep, and so it just forces the ball to roll out. And so we played it where it just sort of counts. Like, you, you don't really know yeah. what to do. It wasn't that deep, and I wouldn't call it styrofoam. It was sort of a – what they had was a little bit more of a metal. I don't know exactly what it was, but it, it, it did make the ball kind of pop out a little bit more, which is why I counted one of the two. I thought that was a fair meet-in-the-middle move. Um, 
I've gotten to that point in my golf career, though. I didn't. I used to be so down on this. I improve my lie now sometimes before shots. Like I kind, do you kind of adjust the ball a little bit? Like if you got a really crappy lie, I used to never do that. In the last few years, I'm like, who really cares? I'm a guy fighting for an 88, but either an 88 or a 90. Well, what does it matter if I adjust this just a little bit to give me a little happiness here? There will be some. Uh, there will be some times where I might do that. I mean, it just kind of depends on what it is, but it's not like a. It's not like it's happening on every shot, sort of deal. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying either. I hope you're not accusing me of that. Yeah. No. Brunts would never do this, by the way. I I, I fluff it. It's Good. it's it's winter rules are generally. Uh, I, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. Like I. I play like once a month if I'm lucky. I don't need to be uh, going semi Biasteros on any shot that, that doesn't require yeah. it. Have you played this year? No, not yet. So, so once a month, but hasn't played in 2020. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to need to play a lot in August to keep that average up. Yeah, I. Uh, this is also why we never hear about Brunt's golfing. He just doesn't golf. <laughs> it never happens. Makes sense. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Nebraska. We're going to just transition this into to what the point of the podcast is before people give up on us entirely. But Nebraska picked up a what I thought was a, a pretty surprise and, and pretty nice walk-on transfer commitment in Ezra Miller, who originally left the, the game of, of college football because of some personal health concerns and is now back and wants to be a part of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They get a four-star offensive lineman out of the, uh, the town of Holstein, Iowa, which is just east of Sioux City. And this is a, uh, this is a guy that on 24-7 sports we had as a top 247 player in the 2019 class, uh, was, was well-regarded by Charles Power, who did the evaluation of him. And it's someone that I think Iowa was counting on at one point in time to be you know, part of their offensive line factory. And Nebraska's getting him as a walk-on. What he ultimately is able to do, I'm not sure, but – this is just another example of Nebraska doing a nice job of, of adding players any way possible and just adding to the overall depth of the program. What were your guys' thoughts yesterday when this news came out? I was, uh, it, it was a pleasant surprise, um, you know, to get a guy with that size and, and that kind of a background as a walk-on. That's a heck of a deal. And, you know, the, 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 the way that he left Iowa was a little bit – uh, different, uh, you know, the, supposedly had some back issues that caused him to medically retire. Turns out that he actually had um, some things that, you know, some things happening to a family members that were kind of causing some, some mental problems and, and some emotional problems. But just a, a guy that you bring into your program, see how he uh, pans out. But I know he was a big part of Iowa's uh, offensive line plans down the road. So that's, that's a pretty uh, nice get for Nebraska there. You got to give a lot of credit to how Greg Austin has stacked his room in a short amount of time. Now, obviously, you got to go out and produce on the field and, you know, this isn't the pipeline yet and you've got to you've got to be able to when it's third down and one be that offensive line that can crank out a first down and get past the inconsistencies that have really kind of fallen on all of Nebraska football but especially in the trenches, but I just like how um, they keep piling up the competition 
um, you know, beyond this year, after you lose, you know, Farniak and Hymas and Bo Wilson, uh, it's going to be a much different looking crew next year. But yet you've got this 2019 class that hopefully is all over the two deep this season and kind of sets the table for themselves next year. And then now you've got Ezra Miller and uh, Nuili as two guys who have been in college programs before, have some experience, and I think are going to be immediately in the mix for jobs um, whenever they're clear to play. It might not be this season. It might have to wait till next year. But uh, it's really just exciting how it looks on paper depth-wise. Um, and Greg Austin, I remember Bruns, you were sitting at the table with him, I think, in March. He, he – had that line about there's no excuses and he he kind of jokingly said it but he said we've got like a thousand guys now and it, it almost didn't seem that far of an exaggeration because it just feels like there's that they're, they're going to need extra chairs in that room yeah it, you know it, what greg austin said too i thought during that conversation was basically about how in the past they've had to kind of shuffle the deck chairs a little bit we've talked about this where and maybe you didn't have guys that fit the the position that they were playing. I mean, it feels like every year it was like, okay, well, who's going to play center now? Uh, let's move somebody over there. But, you know, you really have a legit two deep now. And, you know, you already that 2019 class was a pretty impressive group uh, on the offensive line. And then you add another guy that, you know, has kind of been through a college program already, um, you know, has the measurables that, that you really like. So, it's, uh, you know, that group is going to need to be better in the future. That, that's, there's no question there. But they, they have the guys now, I think, and the competition there, too, that hopefully you're getting the best of the best and just not a guy that kind of wins a job by default. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this left guard battle that we're going to have in fall camp, I'm intrigued by the offensive line in general. I, I love what Greg Austin and Nebraska has done. It really feels like they've invested in this position in a way that, uh, you know, the previous staffs weren't either able to do, whether it was evaluations and recruiting and finishing out with, with top guys, or just didn't put in the same amount of effort into to making it happen. And they have really not so much flip the room because you still have guys like Matt Farniak and Brandon Hymas, but they've elevated the room to where we're talking about six, seven people for a left guard spot. And all of them would be sort of interesting in their own right. And so I, I think that's a, I think that's a good sign uh, for where Nebraska has things. And, and just going back to Ezra Miller, I mean, I don't know if this guy's going to play for Nebraska uh, during the duration of his career, but his potential is far more than that of a regular walk-on. And I think he could be, like I said before, a swing guy that can play either guard or tackle. And I think that's kind of helpful too. If nothing else, he provides nice depth and gives them another person that they can kind of develop. And if there's injuries, could step in and, and have a role in the future. So uh, just a, another nice addition there. And that kind of leads me to this. I feel like we've seen this beyond just the offensive line where you had Newelli and, and Miller, but, Nebraska's done a nice job of keeping the uh, the walk-ons from college programs open, keeping that door open, finding new ways to acquire talent. I mean, going back to last August with Zach Schlager, and then you have five more guys since then, and you could have a starting kicker. You could have eventually a starting offensive lineman. Jared Bubach, I think, could help out in terms of special teams. And we'll see what Levi Falcon add as a wide receiver. But this is a 
and Zach Schlager can add as a, as a linebacker. I mean, this is a, a nice trend for Nebraska overall, and it's, you know, turning over every rock to find anything that can give you an advantage, and I think it's going to pay off for them. I mean, and it doesn't take much. Like, you, you just basically say to Ezra Miller, hey, here's the opportunity. Um, you know, we, we think you can probably earn a scholarship, but it, it, it's almost kind of like it, it just doesn't hurt to ask. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. and that's – and that's the one thing that I think Nebraska has where, where, you, where you give credit to the recruiting office, to uh, the, the evaluations that they do, that, you know, they're, they're among the first people to reach out to these players to say, hey, you know, we don't know what your plans are, but here's the opportunity. Uh, bet on yourself and, and uh, you know, c- come win a job. Yeah, and they're, they're no stress additions. I mean, if, if these guys – it's a cutthroat business. If these guys don't work out, you didn't spend a scholarship on anybody. And in certain cases, you've got guys with Nebraska ties. You know, Bubak um, didn't do a lot at Arizona State, but he's got one more year of football in him, and he kind of wanted to check that box of saying, I, I put on the Husker uniform, and you got to think he's going to be pretty motivated uh, to get the most out of what he can do. And then New Illy, you know, he was uh, – you know, he was with a Nebraska family before he went to Colorado State. And so I think he quickly learned about what Husker football means around here and always probably had it in the back of his mind. You know, if I get a chance, I'd love to play there and show that I can compete at that level. And that's a confident guy. I remember when we interviewed him last year when he was he was coming aboard, um, you know, he wants to be a top-round draft pick, and he'll just say it out loud. And – some people may uh, scoff at that, but those are the type of guys you want who really believe in themselves. And uh, they say, sure, give me the walk-on spot and I'll quickly earn a scholarship. And so uh, it's sort of the perfect setup. And then I think one of the more interesting guys, just because of the position group's need, is uh, Levi Falk from uh, South Dakota. And I'm not saying he's going to come in and do a lot or maybe anything as far as playing in games. He might not, but um, it's wide open, and he has experience, and I think having a veteran like that who's been in some games at least is going to be uh, a useful tool for Nebraska. It's, All right. It's, uh, what, what, one other okay. thing, like you were talking about, about the way that they've flipped that room, and it's – you have to remember too, I mean, in 20, that 2018 class, I mean, that they had – you know, Will Farniak was already in the class – Willie Canty didn't make it. I mean, you, you, you took Cam Jurgens and eventually moved him to center, but, I mean, they, they've really just done it in the last two classes, uh, you know, not even all three that they'd been uh, in Lincoln as a staff. So, you know, I, I can't think of a position group in the time that we've, you know, been covering this for the last decade or so that has been completely remade in that same way. Can you guys? No, uh, and well, and think about how they've done it. Like they, they've gone out, they've recruited top guys in the region, Turner Corcoran and Bryce Benhart, but those guys haven't played yet. They've used a walk-on in Trent Hickson who started. They converted a tight end to center. They converted a defensive lineman to what's likely going to be their backup left tackle in Brant Banks. They, uh, they've done it in a variety of ways, and I think they've set themselves up in the future while also developing guys that were already in the, the system and just trying to find, like I said, anything that gives them any sort of inherent advantage. I, I, 
one of the reasons why I think people should feel good about this staff, at least in terms of what they do off the field, is I think they always look for different ways where they can get an edge or where they can maximize a guy or how they can get the most out of any situation before they just cast anybody off or cast anyone aside. And so, you know, Brant Banks, there's a not a hard and fast rule, but a lot of guys, you come to college and the first thing that happens is you're changing positions right away. You know, with, with Ethan Piper, it was considered he could play offensive line. With Brant Banks, he was recruited to be a defensive end. And then they move him to tackle. I mean, there's a very short list of guys I can think of where that has worked out well. A lot of times it's a Justin McGriff situation where you go from wide receiver to tight end to outside linebacker to the transfer portal. And so I just think they do a nice job of trying to utilize everything in their disposal to gain any advantage they can. And I think that's going to pay off for them down the road. I concur. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a wheel topic, and we're going to get into Nebraska baseball and Will Bolt just barnstorming around the state and getting all of the commitments, uh, what Michael Brunch thinks of what is going on with, with Nebraska recruiting and, and really kind of how big of a piece Lance Harvell has been to a lot of it as well. So I'll be curious to see what Brunch has to say on that. So that and more when we return with the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. And we are back. All right. Gentlemen, PC, have you worked on any new recipes? Do you have anything you want to share over the last day and a half? No, I don't, I don't want to overbuild this and – you know, this becomes a thing like Skip Bayless high school basketball career or something when we're talking about my uh, cooking skills. Well, it could be a thing like your, your high school athletic <laughs> career that you were one of the top athletes <laughs> in seven different sports like A.C. Slater. Well, that is true. Um, by the way, I mentioned this on our board. Do you think, think A.C. Slater really had a legit – wrestling offer to Iowa or was that a little bit uh pumped up by him was it was he maybe uh maybe 
exaggerating how much the Hawkeyes were after him. I, uh, I think you're on to something there. I think you're on to something. I don't really believe that the Hawkeyes wanted A.C. Slater. I think they could have done better. You guys don't think I, that you guys don't think that Iowa wrestling was combing Malibu for any high, <laughs> any potential wrestlers. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think he went to whatever the college they ended up in in the college years. That's where he wrestled, and he didn't do that hot there. And so we're supposed to believe that that he was this top notch guy who honestly didn't seem like he was that. As much as they hung out at the max and stuff, eating whatever they were throwing into his body. <laughs> Do you think he was really watching himself that much to be this top-notch college athlete? It's just a joke, I tell you. They, they, they didn't, what they didn't show on Saved by the Bell was after he pounded a burger at the Max, he went and ran about four miles wearing a couple hefty bags. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Anyway. <laughs> a terrific impromptu rant. That was, that was not on the script, folks, and it was everything I've ever wanted out of this podcast. BC very angry at the cast writers of Saved by the Bell. Uh, do better. All right. Brunts, you got the wheel ready? Yeah, it's going now. I just spun it. Oh, um, we have spins. What's that? You just have those stealthy spins. I never know when it's gonna happen. Well, I don't think we need to build it up, but we'll let it let it turn for a little bit. Um, all right, there it is. Um, so uh, this one was kind of taken from the uh, the VIP chat last week on the board. Um, if you were stuck on a desert island with three Nebraska football players, who would they be and why? And I feel like we can probably just cut through and say that all three of us, one of our people is going to be Damian Jackson. Is that fair? Fair. Yeah. Okay. So ex-Navy SEAL on the desert island with you. Um, you still need two others to, to join in. Um, Schaefer, do you, do you want to, should we do this, uh, snake style? Schaefer, you want to go first? Yeah. All right. So I, I gave one of my answers as Adrian Martinez, because I feel like if you're on this Island and you want to get off the Island, then having someone who's prominently known, well-regarded on social media and his disappearance would prompt people to wonder and to, to try to find him having someone like Adrian Martinez would be very valuable to your eventual being rescued. Like Damian Jackson would get you through the survival part of it. Adrian <laughs> Martinez's popularity and notoriety would get you discovered and eventually off the island. Isn't the uh, backup quarterback always the most popular player on the team though? But not on social media. <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't tweet enough to where it would be like, oh, where's Adrian? According right? to 538, he tweets enough to make $160,000. No, it, it's based on followers. So, if, again, like, he's, he could make money. Like, I, I, think that, I think that people would wonder where Adrian – like, look, I don't want to make light of this, but a former running back, there was a discussion as to where he was, and he was filed on a missing persons report, and that ran the news cycle this week. And my answer for this question came even before all of that happened, so I feel very comfortable – that people would be searching for Adrian Martinez. All right. So Schaefer says Adrian Martinez. BC, who, who's your, your second person? Um, I know we had some crossover beyond Damian Jackson. So I'll, I'll say a Nash Huttmacher um, because uh, I feel like he – we know he has strength. He has versatility. He's also uh, – from 
at least a distance, it seems like a very good hunter and fisherman. And I feel like uh, that could come of some use potentially that he could track down some food for us to live off of for a while. Uh, between him and Damian Jackson, I feel pretty good on that front that we're at least getting fed for a few weeks. I, I went along the same lines, but a different person. I went with DeAndre Thomas, um, who is, if you follow anybody on social media, uh, he was a regular fishing buddy of Khalil and Carlos Davis who fish a ton. So I'm thinking, you know, Damian Jackson's probably fashioning something to get us off the island slash survival. DeAndre Thomas is making sure that not only are we eating, but we're eating well. So I'm, uh, I'm going with DeAndre Thomas as my second person. All right. Do you get Back, to go again? Is that how this works? Uh, I can. Um, and my third one, my answer was Brant Banks. And, and the reason for that is we've learned a couple things about Brant Banks is that he, he's got a lot of skills. Um, he can play defensive line. He presumably can play offensive line as well. We learned that he's also, uh, you know, a, a bigger version of uh, Pistol Pete uh, with a headband on the basketball court as well. So I'm, I'm betting here that he's got some kind of raft-making skills or uh, some kind of like smoke signal skills or, or something like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking a bit of a risk here, but Brent, Brent Banks is my third. Maybe he would have the headband with him too when you got stuck on the island and Damian Jackson would see it and be like, ha, I can do something with that. And, you know, he'd come up. It's just like a wild, he catches a wild boar with an Adidas yeah. headband. He's like, I know how to, I know how to use that. Give that to me. <laughs> so that could be of use. I think um, Schaefer and I shared this one so he can expound on it or, or add another, but Cam Taylor Britt and I, we both agreed. We all agree. I think he's a, He's a very good conversationalist. Um, he's a great athlete. He was lifter of the year, so you got a strength aspect there. And he's a positive person every time I've been around him. That's the thing I, that I think in a time like this, everybody's feeling a little down. And I feel like Cam could be the guy who kind of rallies everybody and uh, gets you thinking, we're going to get out of this situation. Yeah, if BC is going to take Cam Taylor Britt, and, and we had the same exact reasons as to, to why we'd want him there. I will go with Diedrich Mills for similar, similar purposes. Another guy I've really enjoyed talking to, also upbeat, also, you know, has overcome odds in which he didn't think he'd even be playing college football where he's at now. So positive, upbeat, and someone that would look at uh, getting off the island as a challenge that he would overcome. I was, I was wondering, is there anybody that, as I was going through the list, that would be an exceptional swimmer? Like, they, they could, like, <laughs> get you off the island that way somehow? So they would swim with you? Like how No. They, they could just, like, swim somewhere and, like, get help. Uh, I, in this equation, I assume the island is pretty far from land, and swimming is very, very difficult. Um, I don't think anybody's going to qualify. Okay. I didn't know if like Damian Jackson could fashion some kind of watercraft out of bamboo and well, coconut shells. And then that, that person could get, use that to get off the Island. And then look, that's why you're taking Damian Jackson, but I'm assuming that he's also commandeering the boat as well. That's true. 
You know, Damian Jackson, I hope I'm not misremembering this, but I once wrote a really long story about him um, and being a Navy SEAL. And for the training, I am pretty sure, and I will correct this on our board if I'm wrong, that he had hardly ever swam before or had like very limited swimming experience when he trained and a lot of this stuff he had hardly ever done and still tested in like the top five percentile or something so uh we we would get we would get off that island (laughs) they'd still be like fashioning the search party and he'd be like (laughs) rolling up on the beach like hey guys here here i am What, what what's up yeah, and then Adrian Martinez could tweet, like, we got back, everybody. <laughs> and so, so there would be much rejoicing. Yeah, look, I, uh, I think you guys have it all right there. I, uh, I like that question a lot. It, you had to think about uh, the purposes of why each person would be along. Then you think about your, only, your own skill set. What is it that any of us could do to actually aid <laughs> in this? BC can fish. Yeah, a little bit, but – this is where uh, this is where sports writers get mocked a lot, probably for fair reason. It's I, th- I think sometimes we have limited skill set, but we would I we would uh, I think we would be positive. We would have a lot of positivity and be willing to help out where we can, and maybe uh, you know make <laughs> j- jokes about like our lack of strength that could kind of give humor to the group. I don't know. I appreciate being included in the group of people that have a lot of positivity. <laughs> Well, I don't know. <laughs> Russ, what are you bringing to the table? Uh, I, I think I can start fires. That, that's probably a good one. Mm. A message board during real life? Uh, well, I could try to start a fire in real life. Okay. Bruns has yeah. a different sleep schedule than most, too. So he could be like on night watch. Yeah, I could be on night watch. <laughs> he's used to Mountain West football. <laughs> what, what is Brunt's going to be like without talking? I mean, that's a different Brunt's altogether. <laughs> I would be scouring that island for beans, I can tell you that. <laughs> he, uh, he sent me a very specific text about coffee that I, I didn't really follow the other day. You, you have a new coffee maker? Is that what I understand? Uh, I'm trying out the, uh, the pour over just, just to see how that's going to go. I don't know what that means. It it's uh basically trying to, to to cut back on the numbers of cups of coffee I drink a day by drinking better coffee but less frequently. Uh, so stronger but less. Quantity. That's the idea. Quality over quantity for Bruns. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, speaking over speaking of uh, quantity and quality, should we talk? Oh, about Segway, segway, segway. Should we talk some Nebraska baseball recruiting? There we go. They're on a roll. They're on a heater, man. They uh, they're at the table and uh, they're just rolling. They're not backing away, not leaving the table. Uh, you just want me to kind of launch into this, and you guys can respond as necessary. Yes. So Nebraska baseball in the last. Depending on how far back you go, but let's say the last 10 days, I believe they have added six, six new players, uh, three of which, four of which will be on the roster um, this coming fall, and two very uh, big in-state commits 
uh, for future classes. So, you know, the, the baseball has been kind of like every other sport where they're not able to get out uh, during a key evaluation period. Uh, you also have kind of a, a different transfer portal situation uh, because seniors got the extra year back. Some guys are, are looking for new destinations and whatnot. Uh, you had a shortened draft, so you have a lot of guys that you know might have otherwise gone pro suddenly coming back to college uh, and taking up roster spots. And Nebraska's just you know knocking it out of the park right now with adding these guys to their roster. We already hit on the two pitchers last week or the week before that. Uh, Chance Rock from uh, New Mexico State uh, and Cam Wynn from Texas A&M uh, out of the portal. Uh, they also added – uh, out of the junior college ranks, uh, Luke Sartori, who is a Lincoln native, um, his brother's at A&M, but he, he did a year at Hutch and is going to be transferring to Nebraska this fall, uh, eligible right away. And the, the kind of big news of the week was Nebraska also added uh, Max Anderson uh, out of Millard West who was the Gatorade player of the year in the state of Nebraska as a junior, uh, was likely headed that way as a senior as well. But uh, he kind of got caught in a numbers crunch at A&M, uh, needed to land somewhere. He's going to be at Nebraska as a shortstop this fall. So they're just really kind of killing it uh, on the recruiting trail. And that's not even to speak of you know, the 2021 class where they added C.J. Hood uh, out of Norris, a kid that's throwing – uh, 93, 94 off the mound this spring. So, brother of Byron, uh, yeah, uh, younger brother of Byron Hood, um, and, and definitely, you know, a, a guy that that is kind of an intriguing arm to add to that class that already has Drew Christo, who's you know a top 100 prospect in that class. So, it's uh, looking pretty bright over at Nebraska baseball. They've only played 15 games of the Will Bolt era, but. Uh, you have to like what they're doing uh, in the midst of COVID and everything. So, Bronx, one of the things I feel like the previous regime was knocked on was local uh, recruiting as it related to both Omaha and I don't know so much about Lincoln, but it, it seemed like they either weren't building the relationships to, to get guys to stay or guys just weren't interested in staying. Do you feel like they've made this a priority or is it just sort of a combination of uh, pandemic people staying a little bit closer to home and, and chance where it's working out well for them uh, opportunistically? No, I, I think they've prioritized it um, for sure. Uh, I, I think when you, when you kind of go back to last summer uh, after Will Bolt was hired, I mean, Lance Harvell and Jeff Christie and Will Bolt were, were at a lot of local events, a lot of local games, uh, and just really kind of putting the, the legwork in and, and just showing up. And, you know, from talking to, you know, coaches locally uh, that, that kind of deal with the travel programs and, and things like that, you know, I, I think what the staff has done is they've offered local kids earlier than, than what Darren Ursad staff did. I think they're a little bit more open in communication in terms of where prospects stand with this staff. Um, you know, if they – if they don't, if a kid doesn't hold an offer, and this has happened in a couple cases with kids who are now committed to Nebraska, but if a kid doesn't have an offer, you know, this staff is saying like, okay, look, this is where we're at. This is, you know, maybe what we need to see a little bit more of from you before we get to that point. 
And then when, you know, they do – when those, those players do get to that point, they're offering. And, you know, I, I think that local kids have taken notice. I think there's also a little bit of momentum too. You know, in talking to C.J. Hood, you know, he, he's been teammates with a lot of these guys uh, on, on travel programs for a long time. They played against each other going back to when they were, you know, in middle school. So there, there's some excitement um, among those guys that they're all going to be playing together, playing, playing at home. And I, I think that kind of builds on itself a little bit. And, you know, I, I think the other area that Nebraska is doing a good job in is the, the junior college recruiting. And, you know, the, ta- the talent in Nebraska is very good uh, for a state its size. And a lot of guys – you know, end up going to the junior college ranks, not because of academics, but just wanting more at-bats, more exposure, uh, time to improve. And I think that Will Bolt and, and this staff, because they have so many junior college connections, have done a really nice job of doubling back on these kids, keeping in contact with them. And, you know, when a kid has a really good year, like Luke Sartori did at Hutchison, I think he hit 459 with four home runs and like 20 RBIs in like 18 games. Uh, that they're ready w- with an offer uh, for, for those kids. So it just really seems like they're on the ball. And I think that, uh, you know, locally that work is being noted and appreciated. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, BC? Uh, no. Uh, Bruns did a nice, uh, nice summary there, and it was informative to me, and I just took a drink of my coffee and, and enjoyed it. <laughs> well, that that narration of what BC was doing for the last five minutes, uh, you can only get on the Husker 24-7. <laughs> Brunts, do you have any narrations or final thoughts you'd like to add? No, I'm all talked out. Uh, I need a nap now. A lot of work from you in this podcast. We really appreciate it. It felt like you came out of your shell. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm making an effort. All right. Well, that is, uh, that is it for all of us here at Husker 24-7. We will be back next week uh with a few more podcasts it looks like on our schedule and encourage you to check out the website we've got a couple deals going we've got a deal for an annual good deals for monthlies if you are not a member yet at husker 24 7 this is a great opportunity get 50 percent off of an annual sub right now so check that out at husker 24 7 we'll catch you next week with more podcasts okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.